0: When um, you joined, it made like a laser s- phew noise. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. pew, pew.
1: <coughs> I'm going to record yeah, separate yeah, audio yeah. today like a good boy. Mono. Good boy. Pin Justin's oh, yeah. face. pins. Pin, pin there. Pin the potato man.
0: I turned it into a potato.
1: No, a little bit potato It's
0: nice you can even just hide yourself. Yeah. Just get rid of it. Oh, can you? Get rid of it. Ooh. Turn off. vain mode.
1: <laughs> oh, Disable vanity. Oh. Bruce. Oh, I took steps to getting buttons back this morning. I reinstalled Audio Hijack. Ooh. Ooh. And one yeah. step closer. I <laughs> just had the urge to copy you. and I, was, I think I was just going to pour coffee over the microphone. Because <laughs> I didn't have another <laughs> vessel.
0: That, God, what a great, great start to the show. Oh my, I just ruined his mic. They're now waterproof, turns out.
1: How is it? Good morning. Oh, you're not potato cam now. You're crispy HD, Justin. Uh, crispy, crispy. Mm, yeah, pretty good. <coughs> How are you? Mm, fine,
0: I guess. Um, I suppose to start off, I have some progress with the bamboo. It seems to be printing quote unquote fine with sliced. Well, yeah, it looks mostly fine. I've tried slicer 1.7.6, which is two generations old. Okay. We were using 1.7.7. And there's like a new one. I don't know what the new one is. I haven't tried that yet. But I turned off... I, I just went back to Bamboo PETG Basics uh, filament profile for in both 7.7 and 7.6. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be printing dramatically better, almost, almost perfect. We basically have never printed Bamboo PETG until i've been testing right now okay and they haven't had it out that long honestly it's been a couple months so we almost always use prusa or inland and i have not tried those yet but we had customized the filament profiles for those two which hadn't really changed and that also seems to be part of the mess I don't know. I'm literally on print two that's actually seeming like it's working. So, mm, good. currently, I'm just on standard bamboo filament, which I don't know if that's, I don't really, it's not my desired filament, but.
1: Yeah, I'm interested. I why, guess i why, have to go
0: with it. Why?
1: Why don't you like the bamboo filament? Because when we got the bamboo, I was just like, oh, I'll just get the plastic that goes with it. It was, seems to make sense.
0: Well,. When we first got the machine, they had very few options. There was okay. like ABS, carbon fiber, and PLA. Right. That's what I remember. So they've put out a ton since then. Their shipping sucks, first of all. So you just really have to like plan out what you need, which sure, if it's a product, you do that, it makes sense. I don't know. We had a lot of success. We were using a certain color, right? Like branding wise, yeah, that sure, was always sure. the same okay. And finding things that were the same were always tricky. So it worked. It worked with no problems for eight months. What mm-hmm. What was it? I don't even know. Got it in December and it worked till, well, 10 months. So I don't know. Uh, we don't have a lot of results yet, but it could be a customized filament profile. It costs some of it. Okay. But makes no sense why that changed
1: to me. Yeah, sure. Have you come across anyone else with issues yet? So just you, a special bucket again.
0: I'm, well, right. Uh, that forum post that I shared a while back, there's just like probably, I don't know, there's a bunch of people that have had like, oh, I just started having the same problems. And, okay. you know, right? Like, is it is it just a coincidence and they tr- they're trying to associate their problems to something that could be different, right? Who knows? There's so many factors with these things that... Mm. You know, after all this, if it's just how I had Z-Hop different than somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows? You <laughs> know, like, but I guess I'm, I what, what sucks about this process and I think any CNC-based machine, especially ones where you can't really control all the factors easily, it just, like, ruins your trust with, you know, like, I don't know. It was just like, oh, we'll just burn anything all the time. And it was, there was no question. It was accurate, no problems. And now I'm like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to trust.
1: Yeah, 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 totally makes sense. Oh, well, wow. I'm glad you're making some progress.
0: Yeah. It's definitely been like a huge brain suck for us mm. the last few weeks of just like, you know, what can we trust, uh, you know, how do we move forward? We've got products relying on it. So anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: How about you? What's up? What's up?
1: I've been inspired to write some scripts for Rhino. That's been fun. Oh, yes. Um, Super fun. Those are good. Yeah. Came in, when was it? Friday last week. My kid, my daughter got me up at 2.30 in the morning. And I was still awake at 3.30. And then I was like, no, stuff it, I'll just go to work. So I went into the shop and so I got to work at about quarter to four. And so mm-hmm. I had a joyful like three hours to myself, kind of just noodling around. It was Friday, so it's technically an off day for us anyway. And yeah, just had a bit of that kind of unaccountable time and kind of just did whatever I felt like doing or that felt productive at the time. And so I did some... Mm -hmm. little experiments out in the shop and I just sat and noodled with GPT writing Rhino scripts which worked pretty much first time and you had
0: that experience I (laughs) had yeah it was amazing just (laughs) like well what happened here (laughs) how do I
1: like I did because I'd never it was so foreign to me that I didn't even know where to put a Rhino script it was the same with Fusion I was like I don't I had to ask GPT like where do I put the code (laughs) Tell me how to do this, and (laughs) it explained the process to me. It's like, oh, Rhino's got a script editor. Okay, cool, and I can test run it out of that. Good, okay. And then what did I do? I made. (laughs) So when I when I quote stuff, I do a sheet layout of parts, and then typically what I used to do is take like the length of all those outlines and the area of all those shapes and just some key sort of geometric data, and then put that into Airtable, where our quoting calculator Mm -hmm. is, which is fine. I used to have a little Grasshopper patch that gave me that data every time I did a quote. But as I've sort of gone, ended up back on Mac OS, and now I'm running Rhino 8 Beta, I found Grasshopper to be a little bit unreliable in terms of opening old patches. And so I, just, I yep. basically just stopped doing that. And instead, when I did a quote, I was just running individual commands in Rhino of like area, length, and like converting millimeters to meters in my head and stuff. Anyway, so I, wrote, yeah. I asked GPT to write a little script of like just take everything I've selected and give me a list of this data that I need in, and don't even tell me what it is just to send it straight to the clipboard so I can jump into another mm-hmm. app and paste it and it just worked first time it was amazing right and I think I sent it to you that morning It was like (laughs) we're joking it's kind of like feels like godlike powers suddenly being unlocking this skill that I've never had right like coding's always felt like this kind of desirable but like semi unattainable skill set and I still can't code but I can I've got this ally in my pocket that can kind of patch stuff together for me it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So then I expanded yeah. on that idea quickly and was like, oh, can I nest? Can I make it do like a simple nesting al- algorithm? And that was less successful. But it turns out nesting is pretty complicated. Shh, no, it's very <laughs> simple. Don't let them think that. But that was fun. That was fun. And it, it just, yeah, it feels like right. it's unlocked a whole other side of Rhino that I've never explored before. Just exciting mm-hmm. and kind of on the same theme. Just Johnny in Slack during the week posted because we've got a like a fusion channel where we share fusion tips with each other and stuff. He posted a little video where he made a little script for himself yep. um, that just counts components in a project. So it's like, how many of this are there? It's like super simple stuff, but mm-hmm. like little quality of life things. It's cool. Cool to see other people doing
0: it. I think. You talking about that Rhino thing? I, I don't know. I think I had like vaguely had the thought. I did okay. I did have it try to write me that same import script for Rhino. I don't remember how what I did. I I spent very little time. It either didn't work or I didn't know what to do with it or something. And I immediately went to the Fusion one because I saw some success right away. But your immediate success in these videos were like. Pretty mind-blowing, right? Like how easily they worked, how quickly they worked. And since then, I think I showed Aaron them, and we talked about it a little bit, and part of her workflow for being an architect is using Revit. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> and Big it's a huge, fairly clunky software, in my mm-hmm. opinion, with like a million, if you never used Revit before, it reminds me a lot of how Microsoft Word has like a thousand different top menus and you like can toggle them and then all of a sudden you've got a totally Uh, new, which, you know, Fusion has that too with Spaces. So it's just so much simpler, so much simpler within Fusion because there's probably just less to do with it. But one of her old coworkers, he's like half developer, half architect, or I don't know. He basically made this thing called PyRevit himself, I think. And he made it open source, and you can still put a link to it. Although I don't think most of you will find it useful, but it's interesting. And he made this free plugin that vastly improves a whole bunch of areas of Revit. And it made me think about how far off are we from just making our own little plugins for Rhino, for example. So it's a sidebar with buttons where it's... Like Butter's quoting, mm-hmm. you know, plugin. And you just make a little icon that runs a script. And it's not so much like, oh, I got to remember which scripts to type. It's like, no, you just load our plugin. Yeah. And it's just always there. It doesn't seem like it'd be that far. I mean, and the same could go for I don't know how to do it, right? I know how to make an add in that's just a script infusion that has no UI at all. And it works. That's mm. great. But it would be nice if I could just go click on a button or have a keyword command to do it, and then I would have a, what's it called? Not an add-in, but a, there's a name for it. That, yeah, It's no, not. I it's know the other thing the that you can do, whatever that is. Maybe it is just an add-in. I think um,
1: that's add-in, yeah. Well, I got halfway there in Rhino just on that morning because I just, again, asked the robot how to do it. And it was like, oh, just go to your macro settings, ali- alias settings in Rhino, and set up a new right. alias that runs this script. And so you just have a little command line in the alias code. So I just mapped it to a keyboard shortcut. And so whenever I hit a keyboard, like a certain key sequence now, it just runs this little script, which is rad. Yeah, Rhino is quite good in that respect. I like customizing right. buttons, and right. making your own little tool palettes and stuff, which I, I don't like using buttons in Rhino. Like I prefer to have as much as possible mapped to my keyboard or mouse, but yeah, got to use some buttons. Um,
0: yeah, I am like 98% keyboard commands in Rhino. Mm-hmm. And I think that's always been something. It always makes it seem like I'm some type of weird magician when I'm showing people how something in Rhino and Same. they're like, what are you doing? How are you, what do you take? Cause like the commands go by so fast and all of a sudden you've just built something or measured something and they're always like, I- I'll never learn this, you know, like, because it's Mm. so obscured, I think. I've had some people ask recently, which made me think to do an intro to Rhino video or course or something, and I've always kind of wanted to do that, but, like, I've never, I don't know why it seems harder than Fusion, but maybe it's not. And
1: time, so. (laughs) And time. (laughs) Just the time part. Yeah, Totally. Mm, yeah, I had a similar uh, thing yesterday where I was briefing some of the guys on how to this new workflow idea with doing doing our uh, production drawings for custom kit parts in Rhino. I recorded mm-hmm. a little quick loom video of like, "Hey guys, this is if you're going to start playing with this, these these are the things you need to do. Like, you've got to map your keyboard shortcuts. Doesn't matter what your keyboard shortcuts are. You can copy mine if you want." But kind of essential if you want to be efficient in this space and like this is my workflow this is how i take a sketch geometry through to right extrusion and how i use snap points effectively and blah 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 and it was like it was a quick video but i think poor josh watched watched it and he commented in the afternoon it was just like that was that was intense like because i was just going it flat out like full right right <laughs> click, click, click 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 yeah yeah <laughs> Sorry. So, I was just thinking,
0: you know, I obviously have all these macros too. And it seems like in both of our cases, a lot of, you know, we're, the other people would be starting from zero or very little. Mm. That selfishly and efficient process wise, that all the macros should just be the same, yeah. right? Like yeah. whatever you've set up, people should just learn. Standardized. Yeah. So that it's standardized and. Whether that means they're right or not is a whole other story, but it's like even going to use somebody else's fusion I found is just kind of a nightmare when they don't have oh, the mouse map the same way. You know, oh, you're yeah. like, oh, what? How how are you using that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Do you have any tips on parental leave as I get closer to this? Mm-hmm how how did that work for you how many employees did you have to back you up like what did you how did it go what would you wish you did differently <laughs>
1: good question okay so the first time was 2018 and the business was at a point where i could walk away for a month or more without major issue so before we'd had Alba, we'd, Laura and I had gone to Finland on a residency at the end of 2017. 2016 was quite a profitable year. So, there was money in the bank for the business to be inefficient without me. So, I was kind of, I accepted that <laughs> it was going to be an inefficient period without me there. Right. And I think, I can't actually remember how long I took off, but it was at least six weeks, maybe eight weeks for Alba. And then more recently with Remy, I think I took six weeks, like fully off and then slowly sort of came back, came back, you know, half days initially. And then, you know, merged back into sort of four days a week. But yeah, no. Look, short short story is and I encourage any like any friends to sort of take as much time as you can afford to in that early period. Mm-hmm. It, like I don't know, it's a pretty special time, and you might only have it once. And right. like it's a pretty unique experience. So like, if you can afford to, and you can get yourself clear of the workhead space for a decent chunk, then to as much as you can um Mm -hmm. that's my and i know that's not realistic for everyone and like depends you know running a small small business which relies heavily on you so yeah there's going to be factors (laughs) (laughs) that mean you might not i can't get over
0: that part of it that just feels like such a huge failure you know to like this was not a new thing for like we didn't suddenly get pregnant Accidentally, yeah, yeah, yeah. it took three years of trying and so that feels, there's no, no part of it that feels good that it's stressful to take time off and that, you know, like Ricky and I just talked about today, hmm. we're trying to like have some discussions about, because it can kind of happen at any time now Yeah, and just trying to get some of the problems out. And I was like, well, it's kind of like me about going on vacation. You know, we always, and every time I take a little time off, there's that. But, you know, there's factors like he's never done any purchasing of anything. So it's like, my goal is to take a couple weeks off, probably two weeks, pretty solid without really having any interaction, the business stuff. Yeah. And yeah, there's just <laughs> the thing he, first thing he brought up, and he's like very open, right? To like, Learning and trying all these things, but he's like, you know, I think you always say buy whatever you need when when I'm gone. You give me a credit card to buy those things. I've never needed to Hmm. this time. I might. Hmm. Like, what's the boundaries? And then immediately, the first thought I had is like, oh, none of that's documented at all. (laughs) You know, like there is no each thing we buy for products. You know, like materials and and. It's just all in my head and Mm. each one's different. Sometimes it's from this source. Sometimes you send a purchase order. Sometimes it's a credit. It's like, I don't think I'm just not going to be able to figure that out in time. You know, like I'm not going to try, I don't think. And we'll just figure it out as we go. But yeah, yeah, that stuff doesn't feel good. And it makes you realize like how much needs to change if you get to this place of like franchising your business and like making it a thing that's, you know self-contained rather than totally reliant on a person
1: yeah 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 it's challenging I like it there's that's the element too that you know people really or well, they have to but they do step up in these situations like i feel like true they will fill the shoes my team certainly did in my absence um just because they have to they have to answer the their own questions like it's. I've always found mm-hmm. that whenever I've been absent, it's like magically the the questions go away. All those little questions you might have during the day just magically disappear because you're unavailable. And maybe yep. you get a couple of like super urgent, pressing things that they couldn't work out come filter through, and that's fine. But yeah, I would encourage you to document what you can because it's you know you're you're in an unknown time window. And even if it's right. just informally right. yeah. jotting down <laughs> some stuff as, as you think of it. Right. And so you, you get to a point where there's some sort of handover document. And yes, it will be incomplete and it'll have yeah. all sorts of holes in it. But at least you have a handover document. I think that's really important. And so you can, as you walk out the door, you'd be like, hey, Ricky, here's the Google Doc. Like, yeah.
0: We're starting that today. That was, I was glad we, I always make something similar to that, but unfortunately it's always temporal things, right? Like hmm. I copy some of the same notes about like, you know, things that I do that need tackling, yeah. things that are in the moment, projects that need finishing. Yep. The thing that's never, right, not to harp on it, but I've just never really fully conceived of the idea that other people would be purchasing stuff and it's not for the sake of like, I'm afraid of that necessarily, mm. it's just, it's never as urgent as I guess it. it's felt the need for somebody to step in and do it, you mm. know, like mm. it's. Interesting. So maybe that's still the case. Like, I don't think there's a probably a super strong chance that I'm gonna just d- totally clock my brain out of no, interaction. Like I don't, I, at this point I was thinking, it's like, I might have to shut my email off on my phone to like actually do this because like I get like a, a unified inbox of like all my emails. So it's like, I can't just like, or mm. maybe I throw my phone away. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. There's, it's to say that I'm not stressed about it. It would be a lie for sure. Mm. Like it's definitely kind of progressed and having, the operations person not work out was stressful yeah, and felt bad just in general because it felt like i had a plan right like mm. <laughs> felt like i had the plan worked out so like i don't know i'm you know i trust ricky will handle things but it's also unprecedented for us for sure so yeah, yeah. i'm sure other people if if you listening have tips i'm i'm open to how you made it work mm. but uh, yeah i think it's a super important time i've gone to enough baby prep classes now where i feel like it's very obvious my brother telling me and just different you know you telling me other friends how important that time is and especially for aaron like too. like i think it's she you know i i don't see it as her her job to deal with right it's like it's both of us and so if i'm not there that's not okay
1: yeah 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 look you'll make it work i'm sure you will yeah, and I'd, yeah, I'd really encourage you not to give up on documenting stuff because it feels too hard or too late. Like, doesn't have to be neat as long as you are getting right. stuff out of your head and putting it somewhere <laughs> as it comes to mind, right? Or even as you are doing stuff, just like document your day for the rest of the week or whatever. Like, just sort of make yourself aware of the things that you do do that might have to be done by some yeah. Ricky, and just. Right, right. Don't we
0: got a lot of yeah. that stuff. I guess I don't. We don't do as good of a job as I think you guys do about like roles and how you do certain tasks. Mm, sure. Like we don't really have that so much. Maybe you don't have this, but like if you have things you purchase, right? Like you're selling stuff, mm. either reselling things or having raw materials. Like how do you keep track of where, where and how you purchase them? Is it just somebody's tribal knowledge, or do you keep it in an airtable record or Good
1: question. Do we have no, I don't know. It is still a bit tribal, to be honest. So, you know, whenever I've tried to brief someone on this, like our inbox is kind of a bit of a brain, you know, because every every receipt basically or purchase in some way finds its way to the inbox. And so if in the past Mm. when I've been responsible Mm. for, you know, Explaining to someone like, oh, where did we buy that thing? I'm, I'm just like, Well have you searched the inbox? They're like, no. I oh, will just search the inbox for 15 mil radiata. And they're like, oh, oh, there's an invoice from May last year. Oh, who was it? Oh, cool. These people. Right. All right. I'll I'll start there.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so, just like even just giving people the the direction, like the way, look in this direction. Right. Right. I don't know where we bought it from last time, but I know where to look.
0: That is a big difference, I think, too. It wasn't ever intentional to keep it private, necessarily. I kind of viewed it as, like, we've always had individual email accounts. Mm. And then now we have, like, Freshdesk, which combines mostly customer-related things. So, there's no place like that, unfortunately, for us. So So interesting. Yeah, that's a bit of... Uh, trick
1: i've thought about this a lot like we've had a shared inbox in the business forever like i've got my own one but to be honest that's like spam and family emails like very little business go through my personal Gmail, like butter inbox and we've had the shared inbox forever and people have grumbled about it from time to time but at the end of the day it's super useful as well as like this sort of yeah repository of knowledge and Kind of, uh, what's that expression? Corporate uh, corporate memory. Like, you can mm-hmm. search a client's sure. name, and it's like, like old mate we we're talking about before when we're offline, and just like pull up mm-hmm. all the conversations from that situation, and anyone can do that. No, it makes a lot of sense. Like, do you have um do you zero for bookkeeping? And like, yeah, can does Ricky have access to?
0: Zero? Only I do. Yeah. At one point I had one person that was helping enter. Yeah, it's never the operations person would. Yeah. That was course. part yeah, of the goal. Yeah. We hadn't gotten there yet. There was just enough other stuff that they were working through. The- yeah. Because we don't track time in there like you do or, or no, that's no, sure. part of it. So I'm just thinking about Yeah. No, it's it's interesting, like I would as we think about like AI features and trying to create that like internal database, it would be really cool to be able to turn some tool onto here's all of our tools, create us a brain, create us mm-hmm. like a know, right? our own search repository. Because literally a thing we were talking about today, I was like, well, you know, all right. Say you get a question about a product that a customer has, they wanna buy, you know, search the fresh desk search Shopify, right? For that's basically how we answer most product questions that aren't like super custom things where we have to come up with a solution. It's most of the time, it's something we already have documented or, and you know, a customer rightfully doesn't either our design isn't great or like, there's just too much information. They don't see it right away that we answer a question we've We've got somewhere answered. Yeah. So yeah. turn that into like a larger idea of, all right, we'll search search the like butter database, you know. Mm. That'd be kind of sweet.
1: That'd be amazing. That's what I want. That's why I'm interested in open source large language models, I think, for that sort of stuff. Um But yeah, hmm. I would have thought if you could give Ricky or, you know, the person who's covering you access to zero, for instance, then that, you know, that's another repository of data of like where, where we've bought things, how much did they cost? Right. I mean, crazy idea, but it's... could you even like feed like a year's worth of receipts <laughs> into Code Interpreter and say, you know, summarize this into a table of suppliers and materials and where we get stuff? Just as a God,
0: interesting what I think about, I think that's interesting. What I think is so tricky and almost, almost completely. I don't think there's any documentation at all. Like our inventory in our table has all of the things in our shop, Mm -hmm. whether it's a cog, right? Like a thing we use to make products or just a piece we use in the shop, like a, a screw, right? Like, and those usually almost always have a link to where it is online. Amazing. That works. Okay. That's fine. However, (laughs) how you actually purchase it is another story, right? Like it could be, could be build, could be a purchase order, could be like, and, and if I had the zero documentation, you know, as you're describing it, I guess a person in the future that's not me could then go out and contact that company separately. I don't, I'm kind of trying to figure out a problem. I suppose it's super personal. To me, and not maybe it's not helpful to anybody no, else. But I don't but think it, it is. Like I don't know. I, I'm so many people. Be to the figure same out. Boat.
1: Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's unique at all. And I think you've you're well ahead in many respects because you've got such good systems. Yes, they might be primarily client facing in terms of all your resources, but like the fact that you've got an inventory at all with links in Airtable right.
0: is huge
1: huge plus it might make what, yeah it might make it a lot easier what other little shops would have <laughs> like like there'd right. be, the instances of this where it truly is in the owner's head like where what the parts are where we buy them you've got a database like mm-hmm. that's a big deal
0: yeah that's true it's definitely true what was surprising to me about it today was that i had never conceived of documenting it yeah. It would it had never even struck my mind of like he was like you know say I need to buy this thing where do I and I was like oh my god. Yeah, that's in my head, I don't know. <laughs> so I the one thing we came up with super quick as a potential initial solution was using that same Airtable inventory and just adding a field that was potentially a drop down, potentially a fill in of like how you buy it. Great. How do you procure this? Yeah. And it's just that's the starting point. I think that would work. Yeah, totally. I think Yeah. It's a good
1: yeah starting point don't, anyway. Don't overthink it. Just right. get something down, I reckon.
0: I I've thought a lot about over time the way that Saunders has described their I always forget the name of it, their like yeah. ERP system Alex, and how it called. can like yeah how it can collect purchase orders from a group of people and then automatically send and like we can do that i think and there's definitely ways that i have like we do that with one tooling vendor and it's not automated but it could be but that whole like emailing a purchase order is like ridiculously powerful as a tool Mm-mm. Like that you don't have to like go use somebody's website that doesn't work, that won't do a certain thing, that it does rely on other people to do manual entry often. So there's potential for other mistakes in the process. Like it's yeah. not usually automated, but I mean, I had not conceived of that you could send a purchase order to McMaster, which is a huge supplier for most people in the States. But there's a, there's a lot of places that doesn't work, so... It's our new, our, right. We don't do our that. new VQuo app mm. can do purchase orders out of it, which is really interesting and potentially powerful for this kind of exact problem. Yeah, where we are offloading who's buying things or doing it as a team more.
1: Mm. Mm. It's interesting. We don't use purchase orders nearly enough. I don't think we generate many at all, unless a vendor like forces us and won't do anything without a purchase order which you know i think we're pretty reliant on jumping on the website and checking out tooling from a cart or just emailing Mm -hmm. the supplier and saying could we please have 10 more sheets of this please and then they send us an input and some of them we have credit accounts with you know that get paid at the end of the month but we've always been very cod like we've never sort of i don't think we've really utilized Trade accounts. We've had trade accounts. We've never sort of utilized like month credit Credits. accounts nearly enough. Yeah. Like they're such a good thing, potentially.
0: I think they are. I find them, maybe it's just how I've personally budgeted things mm. and learned to budget, but they scare me a little bit.
1: Oh, yeah. It can get real scary.
0: That like it can get out of control or that like you're not seeing the invoices or like it, it just could, you know, spiral Versus, you know, often, most everything, we just pay with a credit card. Yeah. And then that provides some level of security for us. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting. It kind of feels like a lot of these things for me, having gone to design school with no business training, that it's like I'm just learning them by like some very low level street savviness (laughs) of like trying it and it doesn't work (laughs) or eventually hearing how somebody else does it and you're like oh that's either stupid or smart you know like why wouldn't you do this but Mm. I don't know seems
1: to be how it works you need to improve
0: that you have one more thing I think
1: do you have one more thing we have hired a new production operator and you know how we were joking (laughs) that the podcast would be the source of all good applicants. Well, when he turned up for the interview, he laughed and when I came to the ta- came to the table because he was like, "Oh, I was watching you on YouTube last night on the podcast." <laughs> oh my god!
0: Did did it, did they apply from the podcast? <laughs> like that was the tip off?
1: No, I don't think so. I think they they they've been aware of us for some time. But yeah, successful hire is a listener of the podcast Mm -hmm. which is awesome Um, and we had (laughs) we ended up with just two interviews we only interviewed two people they're both super strong classic scenario where we're like kind of want to hire both of these people but you know (laughs) we have to apply the process and um, apply the criteria not not get too emotional about it so yeah made a decision and yeah We've actually since gone back to the other person too about another potential role, maybe next year. So, hmm. uh, cool. Yeah, went really well.
0: So, that's awesome.
1: Inductions next week, and yeah, get them on board. It's exciting. Induction means
0: a different thing for me right now. <laughs> sure does. <laughs> Let's not get there. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Well, hello, person that I don't know your name yet, and we'll, we'll hopefully we'll introduce hear about at some, some, some point. But yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. I'm glad. I'm glad to serve some purpose for <laughs>
1: minorly. I was, I was just like, what? People watch this on YouTube? Really? Who does that?
0: Not, not many. But I, I have been wanting to say for a long time. If you have any inclination of helping us out in a very minor way. We would love to get some more just watch time on YouTube so we can get it kind of monetized. Just turn it on and in the background. It, we have, we have, yeah, right. Turn it on in the background, that'd be great. I tend to listen to it through YouTube. Do you? All right. Just to get that watch time Just up. to get the, basically, to get the watch time. <laughs> it would be nice. We have a lot of content there, and obviously it's not people's primary method of listening to podcasts, but it'd be kind of cool to turn it into something eventually. We get very little watch time though. <laughs> we have been growing Good. our subscribers though; they're up like fifteen percent in the last couple of weeks. It's quite a bit. That's quite a bit.
1: Cool. Good tip. I just don't think of it for podcasts ever. Even though I know right. that hours they changed some there.
0: thing. Yeah, I think you can listen to it on a YouTube music app or something. I don't really know. I just yeah. use a YouTube app, but. <laughs>
1: Anyway, I mean, that's the classic problem. You got to leave your phone unlocked in your pocket if you're doing anything else, which is just weird. Right? Weird.
0: Well, so I pay for YouTube premium, so that is oh, a difference. La-de-da. So you can turn off the phone and.
1: Can you? Okay.
0: Yeah, otherwise you're sending a lot of weird texts <laughs> unlocked in your pocket.
1: Pro tip that explains all those messages you- I get from you.
0: Awesome. Especially if you'd have some holy pockets and you've got some skin contact in there. Wow! <laughs>
1: Justin sigh has been texting me again.
0: <laughs> I, th- I think we did. We've, we've definitely done that at one point. Anyway. Anyway. We should end this before we get to an hour because that was a mess last time. Oh, it <laughs> was. Let's not do end that again. Realized. Okay. Ugh. Thanks. See you next week. Mm. Bye. Bye. Good luck.